0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join T2 and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance People.
1: So welcome to the T2 Hubcast with me, Spencer Locker.
0: And me, Tracy Roberts. T-Dog. T-Dog in the house. How are we doing? All right? I'm good at buzzing. Excellent. We're down this giant coffee as always.
1: <laughs> Supped mine. Oh. so yeah so first thing in the morning it is our esteem leader is in mexico yeah
0: yeah
1: so uh we better sort of settle ourselves in the in the podcasting suite and uh have a chin wag so everything going everything going good with you yeah
0: absolutely so what's say?
1: what's on your mind today what we're gonna have a chat about
0: well we were t- we've been recruiting haven't we and we've also been talking with a lot of our lovely clients about mm-hmm. recruitment and mm-hmm. um problems, challenges, and also the good stuff that's been coming out of recruitment recently. And mm-hmm. it got us talking, didn't it, about what people are looking for why it's a bit tough. And then it led into a conversation about veterans. Well, <laughs> so yeah. So it went 360, didn't it? Yeah, it
1: did, yeah. I mean, talk, well, I, I think, for me, the driving force was between, um, I mean, we were talking about recruitment and, and I suppose with recruitment and retention, I think you've got to cover, yes. cover both off. But I think that after, uh, for me... The thing that sort of came out with it and, and sort of led me to to look more into it, I suppose, um, from a from a current perspective, is that it seems to be an employees market.
0: Yeah, definitely. But also, what what we're looking for as employers mm. feels different. Yeah, do you not know think? Mm. Um, and a lot of the people that we're working with are you know, maybe in, in two separate positions, depending on what kind of sector they're in, I think, maybe they're getting inundated with people that have, you know, had some soul searching during COVID and thought, yeah, you know, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to do what I actually really like doing rather than what I have been doing. Um, so they're trying to sift through the chaff a little bit and figure out, you know, who's, who's best to shortlist and have they got relevant experience or is it worth the punt? Is it the personality? Mm. And then we've got people who are, I don't know, maybe their message has changed during COVID in terms of their business. So actually what they're looking for is different to what they did look for.
1: Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. I Well, I agree. I mean, uh, I think ultimately, and I hate saying the word ultimately, but I, I will do. Ultimately, I think everybody would would love to be able to do what they want to do rather than what they have to do. Of course. Yeah. And uh, and I think that with, obviously, post-COVID, I say post-COVID, it's still going round yeah um but it did it did um but yeah i think i think i think a reprioritization a personal reprioritization for a lot of people uh, have led to this what what's been termed as the great resignation yeah um amongst other things obviously it wasn't just exclusively yeah. that um but i think uh, the changing the fact that everybody seems to or oh, say everybody a lot of people seem to be scared of change yeah. Uh, and we've been in a situation over the past couple of years where change has been foisted upon us. We've had no choice in the matter yeah. in, in a lot of cases. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that's actually given that's given a lot of people pause for thought where they go, well, actually, I've dealt with this all right. What else could I do?
0: Yeah, I think for some people it's built the resilience, yeah. and for other people it's probably chipped away at a yeah, little bit, yeah. depending on the mindset. Um, I guess for me the thing that I reflect on with that is that what COVID did or what this period has done to us is but it's made a lot of interactions sort of you can pick and choose you know whether you want to be around people or in a situation or in a team Hmm. rather than being forced to do it like you were previously you know you have to go into the office you have to go and interact and for some people that's a good thing because they're actually they feel like they concentrate or work better remotely or um, they like the flexibility, whatever it might be for others, actually, it's really affected them. Like, you know, because Mm -hmm. they've realized the strength of actually being in a group of people, a high performing group. And even that might've been the reason why they've chosen to kind of look for something different because the dynamics have changed. I've spoken to quite a few people actually who are almost telling me the opposite from the story we keep hearing, which is that you must offer, um sorry offer remote working opportunities and you know a lot of companies have even closed offices etc etc i've spoken to quite a lot of people you know clients that we've worked with as well that have actually said that they don't feel it's the right thing because actually what they have lost is human contact Hmm. so therefore they've reported that people are leaving the organization because they feel that they feel the distance the affinity distance is so big now that actually they feel it's affected their culture so that's interesting, isn't it? It is.
1: It is interesting. I think. Um, I, I think the the thing for that is is the the diversity of the workforce. Mm. Um, definitely. We. I think one thing we can all learn from that is we're not all the same. No. We don't all like the same working environment. Um, whereas some people have been have been actually bitten the bullet and sort of went, well, you know what, I I I I'm more productive in, in isolation. Mm. um but to be in employment i've got to go into the office yeah and we've yeah. gone through two years of where they've turned around and said work from home and they've gone
0: bonus if you sorry <laughs> you can't
1: see but i'm fist pumping here fist, <laughs> yeah people have gone yeah this really suits me i'm yeah. more productive i'm more comfortable and and and, and they've had a, I, I don't want to say the phrase um but i suppose i will do they've had a taste of the good life. They've had a taste of what suits them, what, where they're comfortable, where they're most productive. Mm. And now we're getting to the stage where people are saying, right, bin that off. I mean, some people, obviously, there's three <laughs> things. Yeah. There's three things. There's people who continue to work at home and nothing's changed. Mm. There's people who are going, some, some employers we know are going into this hybrid work area where yeah. they're working from home and working from the office. Yeah. And there's some or some employers are going, no or everybody back in the office now. So obviously there's going to be some people who it suits and they're great, and there's going to be other people who are going to go, no, not for me.
0: Yeah, and I suppose if you kind of just look at, you know, we're, we're kind of conscious of markets and keep an eye on you know what's happening and and particularly with recruitment, HR, all those things, just so we're in line with our content. And yeah. One of the things I would say is that you, you didn't really used to be able to search for many remote jobs mm. <laughs> and now it's on the search function. Mm. Um, and some people like you'll look at a company and you'll think, oh, that that's a great company and all about that company. Oh, but there's no point looking at that advert because the reality is it's in Edinburgh mm. or, and they all make a point in saying, remote so you can work from wherever you want and so i think in terms of opportunities it's great but in terms of sort of thinking about the bigger picture and this is the thing that i guess i was kind of alluding to in regards to what people might be looking for why this might be kind of affecting the great resignation is that some people want to know where they're going to fit don't they Mm. so if you are remote i've I've spoken to a lot of cohorts that have come through recently and they've never met before Mm. so they joined either just before covid or in covid and the first time they've actually had a face to face conversation has been in in our training room.
1: Yeah. Um
0: and what you know, what they've said about the value of that day has been, you know, tenfold because face to face contact does make a difference, whatever way you look at it. Mm. Um, so I see where there's that balance and I think you're right. I think a lot of people have, have enjoyed working from home. Mm. I think there'd be a lot of people who would admit to not enjoying working from home as well.
1: Um,
0: and you know, it has its place, doesn't Mm. it? And personally for myself, I'm a little bit, Sat on the fence on it really. I did enjoy the flexibility in terms of it took the stress away. So when what I mean by that is I have a home to look after. I have, I have a daughter. I have a dog. You know those things didn't yeah. have to worry so much about those when I was working from home. Mm. But what it did add was extra pressure because while you try to get work done and mm. the dog's barking or you try to homeschool the kid or whatever yeah. it might be, it was bloody stressful. Mm. And what I would say is I definitely put more hours in because I go straight back to my desk for my sandwich. Mm. I am there after six o'clock when I'm mm. checking emails. Um, so for me having the opportunity to do that from time to time is great, but I need to be around people mm. and that's what, you know, that's what makes the job. Yeah. So some of the questions that you ask, you know, when someone says to you in an interview, you've got any questions for us. It's interesting, even from some of the interviewing we've been doing to get different questions now, don't you think? Yeah. So it's been more about, you know, what is the, what is the rigor like here, the routine, and um, what's the banter like, mm. you know, those sorts of things. And I know it sounds a bit stupid, would that have been a big thing previously maybe not a traditional interview question hmm. but i think it's interesting that people are interested in that now
1: yeah i think it means it means a lot i think it's more important now um that 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 sort of relationship and understanding who will fit in the team yeah. i mean i i know some some organisations are very much the um you've got all the qualifications I hope you're going to be a team fit Yes. rather than you are a good team fit, let's upskill you.
0: Yeah, and I guess it depends on the percentage, doesn't it? I yeah. always think like if you've got someone, um, I don't know, it's like internal and external, that's a good debate, isn't it? Like, so if you've got someone internal who's a good fit and they're 60 70% in skill and you know there's a good will there as mm. well, do you take the risk on that person because they've given you their time and their effort and they were good fit yeah. knowing that you've got that, say, let's say 30% gap to fill, mm. or do you bring someone in who's 80 90 in terms of what you want from the outside and take the risk on the 10% skill will, but also take the risk on the personality fit. Yeah. And that is a really interesting debate, isn't it? Cause it mm. can go either way. I mean, the way, the, the kind of environments I've worked in, we've tended to lean more towards trying to you know, go internal where we can, Because it's an opportunity, if people stick with you, and people, uh, you know, value the business like you do, and it's their family, so to speak, then I think it usually is worth the risk on someone internal, isn't it, in most cases. Um, But it's not always what you need. You sometimes need a different personality, and that's the difference. You sometimes need a different personality to come in, because you know, the status quo isn't working. You might need a positive or a positive disruptor, so to speak.
1: Yeah, yeah interesting interesting because yeah. you've got that loyalty thing there as well haven't you if yeah. you're actually coming up through the company um I, i've worked with a few recently who have been with the com- with the organization for quite some time and mm. not necessarily starting at the bottom but but actually going through a number of iterations a no, sorry a number of promotions and yeah. uh, and, and climbing and it's and you cut them in half and they've got this yeah. organization cut through, uh, printed through them like a stick of rock and you've got that loyalty you don't want to run the risk of compromising that loyalty by going outside. But for the organization to succeed, you might need a certain Sometimes, sort of person yeah. to come in and as much as that person is loyal mm. and hardworking and, and, and diligent and all this and the other, if they haven't got the the the, the traits that you're looking for, yeah. for a particular role, then with the best will in the world.
0: If you have got a good, a good succession planning situation going on though, right. And it's co- constant coaching in the business then there should never really be any shock when a job does come up and someone internally applies. And uh, you know there should be a bit of a presumption that they understand the, the, the level they're at. So you should never really, if you've got a good coaching culture going on, have an opportunity where someone's coming to you saying, I want to apply for this internal role. And you're saying, oh, you're nowhere near ready yet because they should know that they're nearly there and be working on it. Or you clearly know because you've had coach conversations, and they're not there that actually you can have a very candid conversation with them about the fact that not yet. But what you're not saying is no, you are saying not now. And that's the difference, isn't it internally. But yeah, you're right, you're gonna have people of course, who you're always going to look at them and think from a skills perspective, as an example, you're a fab. And you are like my best salesperson as an example. But does that mean that they're going to be a good leader of people? Mm, no, there's a 50-50 bet there because mm. not everybody wants to do it and not everyone has natural skills. Mm. Um, so I guess that's maybe where the, the line is drawn. But interestingly enough, one of the biggest indicators of the great resignation is things that people did report they wanted to know things like they can have some flexibility in their work situation, pre- predictable schedules, things like that. And what that tells us, and you're a great fan of a schedule and predictability, aren't you? I am.
1: <laughs> i like to know where i am yeah exactly
0: so what we're not saying is you know it's all about being remote it's about just people having feeling understood by the people they work for that's Mm -hmm. what i think um but yeah and it it will make it tougher to attract the right people depending on the sector you're in because it's not always doable to be flexible is Mm -hmm. it that's the thing
1: well yeah Um, i mean uh, there was one particular organization we were working with recently and uh one of the one of the things that they were saying because they are they've they've basically gone remote and stayed remote right and one of the things they've said is their recruitment process is is brilliant in the sense that they're always looking for quality employees, but now they're not limited by geographic location.
0: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah.
1: So yeah. you've got somebody who might sort of—you mentioned Edinburgh earlier on. <laughs> uh, you might have somebody living in Edinburgh, and this organisation that's based in Southwest England mm. um, want a quality person just because you're in Edinburgh. The geographic location doesn't automatically exclude you yeah. if you're the right person for the job. You're prepared to work remotely. Mm. Um. Then they'll take you. Uh, mm. Well, I say, I'm not. Obviously, I'm not saying that straight. away. It's not. Yeah, a different, I know what but, you mean. Yeah. But it's not because they're in Southwest England. Mm. They're not limited to Southwest England.
0: Yeah. So it's open, uh, That's that. I guess that probably is adding to the said great resignation, isn't it? Because people are realizing there's more choice. So as well as all the things that you know inhibit people. Um, you know, growing in a business. Um, sometimes it's the obvious stuff like the toxic culture. Sometimes it's it's other elements, the unpredictability. We know that there's a direct link with companies who say they're innovative because people get burnt very quickly in a fast moving mm-hmm. environment. There's a lot of research to back all these things up, but people would have probably stayed in a job longer, um, because of geographic kind of requirements because, you know, if you've got a family or you're not used to being on the road or all those things that it does, it does limit you. I mean, I've, I've been someone who's worked regionally and nationally, and it's tough, it's tough to keep yourself above water some weeks where you've got to get from Aberdeen to right down to London and you've got to cover all these different teams and you've got to be, you know, fully visual, I guess, in the business, but you know, if you were, if you were kind of acclimatized to that, that's what you did. Other people used to say to me, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you finish at a club at say five, six o'clock at night and drive to the next place to be mm. ready for the next day and do it all again and then get home on Friday and you're exhausted. And it's it is hard. Um, so people wouldn't always naturally apply for those types of roles then, would they? But now, now they're more open. They'll open their search a little bit wider when they're looking for opportunities. And it also means there's a little bit of a risk to an employer there because if there are things that are bothering them, there's no lateral job movement. That's a great opportunity as well, isn't it? You know, people think everyone wants to wants to be the boss. (laughs) It's not (laughs) always the case. They want to try something different in the business, you know, why not? And they will start looking and as a consequence it makes sometimes makes it a bit harder for recruiters actually to sift through, doesn't it? Because mm. you're trying not to say, well, I'm not going to look at you. I mean, you've got to look at us as, a, as a, a bit of an example of that, haven't you? You know, all of us have got very, very different backgrounds. Mm. I say that most of us are veterans. <laughs> so that's, that led onto that conversation <laughs> this morning. Yeah. But the point I make is in terms of our actual business kind of experience mm. our managerial experience and all those things in Civvy Street, mm. we all come from a slightly different background. Um, and we all agree that on paper, some of us might not have even got through to interview stage. We're we're lucky here that we look be, like beyond that. We mm. want to see a little bit of credentials. We want your CV, but we also want to see what you like on camera, how you interact with people, because that's important, isn't mm. it? Um, I think maybe if that was the case in every job, they'd probably find a lot more talent out there, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, some that's skills a good you've point. Got to, you've got
0: to ask for, haven't you? You've got to, you know, yeah. if you're an accountant, you can't go, okay, you've got a calculator, you've got a job, you're in.
1: Um, well yeah i suppose i suppose um the, there's your negotiables and your non-negotiables yeah. in there so as you said let's i mean i'm not an accountant but let's just pick up on <laughs> what you say about accountancy there uh, you've got to have certain qualifications the, the non-negotiables yeah. to, to to apply for a certain job uh, in some certain jobs you've got to have certain qualifications yeah. and that's that's it there's no there's no flexibility there however, um, in other jobs, there's there's a certain amount of flexibility, and there's the soft skills things. I mean, I'm just just to just pull out that what what you just mentioned there, you mentioned the V word.
0: <laughs>
1: Pardon me, veterans. Ah. yeah, so um, w- when we start talking about veterans, um, both you and I have, have done our time in the military. Uh, and I think through our experiences, we found that there are certain soft skills. That are not certified. Mm. There are there are a lot of things that we do as a matter of course mm. um, that's trained into us at, right at the beginning of our military careers, um, and stays with us far longer than some some of our military careers mm. last. Yeah. So um, so when we start thinking about that, when we start, it, you might be an employer listening to this and thinking, well, veterans. I mean, what's, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, obviously, I'm always going to be an advocate because I know where I came from and I know what I bring. Um, And I think, actually, now that I know a little bit more about how things have progressed in the forces, I mean, when I had my resettlement, it was okay. But I had to be very self-driven to get what I wanted on the outside. And I had to be brave enough to use the confidence i would got from being in the forest is to actually shove myself in front of the right people. Mm. And a lot of this, this sort of information I got when I was leaving was good in the sense of, you know, use what, you know, be confident, use the fact that you're comfortable speaking to rooms of people, you know, all mm. those things. Um, and all the little edgy things that they taught me that you just wouldn't have thought of. Cause obviously I was still quite young when I left.
1: Um, what are you saying?
0: Uh, you know, like, get, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get, I don't mean that. I just mean like, <laughs> I I'd, I'd sort of like joined at 16. So I was leaving at 23, 24 with eight, nine years under my belt. And I was, I was still going out into the big wide world. It was like, I'd been at uni and I sort of was one, a university of life for yeah. sure, university of drinking in some cases. Um, But yeah, the fact of the matter is, you don't see, because you've joined that early, you don't necessarily see yourself as other people would see you. That's what I would say. And I think at any age, as someone who's joined the forces, that could be the case, but more so if you join quite early. And I had to have someone actually physically say to me, are you being serious? Like, let's just write down all the things that you do, you know, that you've done. And when we sort of went back to that lifetime line sort of scenario, Mm. which is sort of a bit like what we ask people to do when they're thinking about their unconscious motivators to figure out why they ended up like they did now I think about it. I thought, oh yeah, actually I am pretty brave for my age and I am confident talking and I am confident leading and all those things. So actually once someone actually dragged that out of me, I thought, no, I do feel confident to go in front of people and use my expertise. But I've got to be honest. um, I was sort of, fairly pushy, <laughs> funny that hmm. um, and got myself in front of the right people and just got a leg up because I had this confidence in me that I thought, right, if I just get myself in front of the right person, and show them my tenacity and the fact that I, you know, I have this confidence and I have life experience, even at 23 and all those things then I think I'll oh, within six months, I'll get myself to a senior position, I had that belief in myself. And um, but other people have given me their accounts of when they've gone and sat in front of someone, and the fact that the employer has just boo booed them pretty much from the beginning. Mm. They've, they've agreed that they've got skills because they don't want to be seen to sort of tarnish the kind of veteran's reputation, so to speak. But they're not being able to draw out that kind of cross transferable skills aspect. And for me, that's that's blinkered, because the stuff that you get from someone that's left the forces, you've no idea unless you've been in there. But the the, the sense of kind of duty or responsibility that you have, you know, you would be that person for that organization that cut you down the middle and you would be like a stick of rock, like you're saying. And um, they'll be the first ones in, in the morning, last ones there at night, the one to come up with the ideas, you know, they're they're tenacious. They've usually got buckets of confidence and character as well. And then you add into the equation skills, which, you know, depending on what kind of background you've had in the forces, that's next level training that you get, isn't it? Um, now, don't get me wrong, I didn't walk out of the forces and go, oh, I've been working in intelligence and electronic warfare. I know, I'll just go get a civvy job doing that because there's not many people employing for an intelligence specialist in, in all. <laughs> but what I had to do was think, oh, well, what skills have I used that I can dial up? I'm a bit of a believer in the fact that I don't really like the saying soft skills. I know what you're mm. saying by it, but I just think it's human skills. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. yeah. Um, I the only reason I said soft skills yeah. is because that's when where potential employers, when they when they so yeah we say human skills, they wouldn't have a clue or may potentially yeah. wouldn't have a clue. I guess um, what I'm but, trying to
0: say is that it you know some people play that down. Yeah, like you know the fact that no, you soft skills, and for me, that's what most veterans have in bucket loads. They're very good at dealing with situations, reading people, changing the state all those things, because if you just think of just even one of the deployments you were on and a bad day on that on that deployment, and you think of all the emotions you went through in that day and all the adjustments you had to make, and then the first time you were put in charge of a situation, you know, what you had to do, what you had to learn, and what was at stake if you got things wrong. Whereas here, what's the worst? The world doesn't look any different from one day to the next. If you make a mistake here, really, you learn something from it, but potentially in the military, guess what, someone could have died. <laughs> So put it in perspective. There's a there's a big there's a big kind of gap there, isn't there? And I don't yeah. think people rate that enough.
1: And I think I think that again, we can look at that not necessarily from a from a, a military veteran perspective, but from an emergency services yes, perspective as yeah. well, from um, NHS ambulance, um, the police, fire and rescue, mm. uh, coast guard, that sort of stuff.
0: Yeah, and we we see this in bucket loads, don't we? Because we work really closely with. You know the police and and as you said the fire brigade and a lot of other kind of organizations that we just we speak to a lot of their people yeah and we see some and hear some amazing stories and the resilience that they show and the way they can adapt to any situation who does not need that in a business that's what i ask mm. you know so if you if you want someone who is determined to progress the other thing is a lot of people have been in the front they've had staying power in some shape or form like I don't, I don't know what the stats are these days, but the average length of service that I saw when I was there was probably 12, 15 years. But even if you've done five years in a job these days, that's a long time, isn't it? So if you've stuck it out and think of all the crap you've had to put up with in that time, that shows that you've got this strength of character and possibly just this strength of, I don't know, purpose maybe as well. So, from an organisational perspective, you're going to have someone who's going to look at the rules and regs you've got and work with them, um, but also maybe not feel s- sort of scared to maybe challenge things from time to time. Because if you didn't do that in the forces, then potentially, again, you could have had some issues as well, couldn't I, you? So
1: I, I don't know whether they had it in the Navy. Um, I know they've got it in the Army uh, mm. and, and in the Air Force, but if, did, did you were you aware of the 10th man rule? I don't you're, know. It, it, I might
0: notice something else. So all right. Okay. Then.
1: So, um, if you were in a room of ten people, yeah, and um, an idea was pitched, or or the, there was a the, a purpose was w- yeah. whatever, and the uh, the nine other people in the room yeah. agreed with it, yeah, it was your duty as the tenth man, all person, right. <laughs> person, yeah. as the tenth person to challenge it from a devil's advocate perspective.
0: Oh, okay. No, I don't think we Just, did do that.
1: So, and, and, and it was that it, the thing, the thing got me was, um, with, with rigor, rigor was got the one, yeah. one one yeah, word. Yeah. So, so if, if you're in there, you can't unanimously agree. Yeah. So you've got to challenge it and it's not necessarily trying to put the skids up well it's not trying to put the skids on it or sabotage no, it it's try to but it's at look at it and sort of so sort of, yeah. everybody could it's it's thorough and it's well thought through and it's and, it, and you, people are sort of questioning themselves and going right what could we do differently so sure. that's the 10th man rule that was expected i
0: think the, it sounds very similar to some of the stuff we speak about in terms of like your commitment aspect Hmm. from a team. Do you know what a 10th man rule, let's put that in place now in our training. I think that's brilliant. I think if we could all live by that... Um, we had something called I think it was called any mouse, I think. And if you had an idea, or you saw something that you think could have, you know, need improvement, um, you could pop something in a box and people would consider it. And I think that's slightly more kind of anonymous. Mm. Um, but the idea was there that some people maybe wouldn't speak up because of rank or, or whatever it might be, yeah. or I don't want to look like I'm overstepping my mark or correcting the captain, if you like, or whatever mm. it might be. That was a way of getting people to say what they thought, but yeah. maybe not necessarily as as direct Mm. as that yeah
1: Um,
0: but yeah i mean it it just shows that the reality is there's a lot of lot of reasons why it's you know and it it is down to personality as we were saying in the beginning back to normal working conditions is this person going to fit with the organization Mm. um but a lot of employers will discount someone very very quickly because they've not been in inverted commas civvy street Mm. you know and guess what civvy street's overrated (laughs) Uh, in the sense of you're only going to, you know, I suppose if you look at what organization it is, you're only going to see what you see in that sector sometimes. Mm. And if you're not someone who's a grower, who wants to look outside the box and see what's out there and know about all the sectors and things like that, all you're going to know is what's in your lane, aren't you? Yeah. So my argument there is that this is Someone coming from an angle where they've seen a lot of stuff go on, and they've had to go and search for an opportunity that they like the look of, and if they come to you in your organization, guess what you stood out above everyone else, you know, yeah, so it's a good thing to consider
1: yeah excellent and 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 I think that's that's thats sort of come full circle to our sort of recruitment thing, hasn't it? yeah, where we're now looking for people who are thinking outside the box, yeah. it's not necessarily qual qualifications. But it's that eagerness to learn, that open-mindedness, yeah. that um, the um, the the tenacity to actually get hold of something, you turn around and say, have you read this? Have you read that? Because you keep doing that to me. Yeah. Oh, have you read this? Have you read that? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, I need to read this.
0: Yeah. And I think that's what it's about. It's about challenge, isn't it? Yeah. It's about... Can that you know the person who comes into the organisation add value? As in, it might be skill, it might be qualifications, but can they add a different dynamic? Yeah, and I think that's what's interesting. So some of the people we've seen have been brilliant, haven't they? They've yeah. come in and give great presentations, but some have really stood out because of the angle they've taken. And the fact that they are very much a growth mindset person, they're thinking about all these different things all the time. And yet I always chuck things like that of people. I love to be able to stand in a room. And even if it's a link to someone that's open source information or someone with a different take on it, I like to challenge it. I like to chuck a grenade in the room from time to time yeah. and literally, well, veterans can do that for real, can't we? So
1: <laughs> Excellent. Lovely chat. I really enjoyed that, Tracy. Thank you very much. As always. So uh wrapping up, we've come to our twenty nine minutes. We've talked about what have we talked about? We've talked about recruitment, retention, yeah. civic street, the military, soft skills, human skills, Martin <laughs> Bean grenades. in Mexico, grenades. <laughs> yeah, we've covered the lot off there. So uh, yeah, thanks, Tracy.
0: No worries. Um me.
1: well I, I I think we've got we could do another one of these, you know. I think yeah. we need to continue it
0: just coffee chats with spence and trace i think it's the new way ahead (laughs)
1: excellent T dog thank you very much peace out uh yeah and until the next time uh when we come back for another t2 hubcast that's me spencer locker and tracy roberts